What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. Today, I'm going to give you an update on what's going on in Canada. I'm also going to tell you a little bit more about the vaccine-induced AIDS situation that's going on. I'm also going to tell you about Professor Luc Montanier, who was one of the first scientists to argue that COVID was made in a lab. He also had some very interesting ideas about the HIV aspect, and now suddenly he has died. So sit back and get ready for this. The Canadian convoy is still going strong in Canada, and I just have to say what's up to all the heavy equipment operators on their way north to help these people out. Trudeau's little stormtroopers are going to have a real fun time trying to tow those monsters. And I just read that, like, earlier in the week, Trudeau had ordered all the gas tanks, like, you know, the little red plastic gas containers. He ordered them to be confiscated. And then a little bit later on, a judge had ruled that unconstitutional. Well, they returned the gas cans, but many of the cans had water mixed into the fuel. So they just basically destroyed the property after illegally seizing it from the convoy. They're now talking about going in and getting like their version of child protective services to seize kids that are with the truckers. It's like they if they do that, that is just basically making this whole situation more tense, more unconstitutional. I mean, they're literally saying that the convoy is just full of like right wing protesting Nazis, racists. And unfortunately, a lot of the citizens there and across the world are just buying that bullshit. Even though I've seen so many pictures come out of people of all races, both sexes, all kinds of different religions, everybody is there protesting the same thing. They have these mandates in place. They're trying to force people to get this experimental shot. Why? Why are they doing this? Has anybody, like, stopped to figure out what is going on with this? And another little interesting tidbit coming out of Canada is Vancouver radio host Kid Carson shared his pro-trucker anti-mandate stance on air. And now he's kind of being forced to, quote-unquote, part ways with the radio station. Shocking, right? He was quoted as saying, I feel like I'm trying to stay on my best behavior so I can be liked again, so that I can keep my job. Instead of doing what we're all supposed to be doing, which is having passionate discussions about the insanity that's happening around us. And he told it to his listeners. If you think the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa is a racist movement, you have been tricked. You have been fooled, you know? What we need to realize is that it takes real eyes to recognize real lies. This isn't about race or health or the Nazi flag or even masks. It's about trying to keep our children off a digital ID that will control every aspect of their lives. And it can be switched off at any time. And I think what he's talking about is social credit, how they want to move all money to a digital form, all your IDs. So then, you know, basically at that point, if you piss the government off, they will have access to all of that and they can just shut your identity down and stop you. He goes on to say he'll be mocked for his views and asks why the news is not telling the truth. You know what, kid? I've been asking the same thing. He goes on and he says the news is calling it violent and he doesn't understand. 
It's like, yeah, I don't think a lot of us understand. Yesterday, he says about six months ago, he shared his opposition to the vaccine passports, and it was never the same after that, saying, quote, he paid a very heavy price for saying that and promised not to speak again about the topic. But now he feels like a sellout. Well, yeah, I would feel like a sellout, too. You're literally being censored, kid, and you can't keep appeasing the tyrants because they will just keep taking more and more. He also aired calls from listeners, including one who called him a hero and said he had chills. Carson made mention to the fact that his contract is coming to an end in the near future and promoted his own podcast. So, yeah, at this point, he's got a podcast, but it looks like he's kicked off the radio at this point, all in the name of censorship and towing the line. If more people would grow some balls and fucking start speaking out against this, they couldn't come after all of us. But it's like all of these people who have stuck their necks out have been severely censored, banned. The media has like basically demonized everybody in the press and YouTube, Instagram, they'll ban you on a heartbeat when you speak out against a narrative. I got banned from YouTube. My whole channel got deleted last week. So yeah, that's just where I am. I got banned from Instagram last week and YouTube. So the censorship is real. They're fucking coming after people. And every single person needs to say no more. You cannot wait until it starts to directly affect you. Because at that point, it's going to be too late. You're sitting here, you're watching everybody else's lives get fucked around. But you're like, no, I don't want to get into that fight. It's not directly affecting me. Well... When it comes time when it is directly affecting you, you're probably not going to have too many people left to help you fight them. That's literally where we're at right now. And I commend every single Canadian, every person across the world, because I see Finland has joined in it. New Zealand has joined in Australia. I know American truckers are on their way north to help the Canadians. Everybody needs to start standing up to this insanity and telling the politicians they do not get any more control and they need to take about 10 steps back. I found a very interesting article today written by Sarah Napton, and it says early lab-grown COVID virus found in sample lends weight to the Wuhan theory. And she's referring to the lab leak theory. Apparently, scientists claim that samples of Antarctic soil sent to Shanghai firm in 2019 became contaminated with an unknown variant. And it kind of appears like an early version of COVID-19 that has been grown in a laboratory was discovered by accident by these Hungarian scientists and veterinarians. Bioinformatic experts from the University of Veterinary Medicine and Lorand University in Budapest, Hungary, made the discovery by accident while examining genetic data from soil samples collected from Antarctica in late 2018 and early 2019. Those samples were then sent to Sangon Biotech in Shanghai for sequencing in December 2019, where they became contaminated with a previously unknown variant of COVID-19. This variant has mutations that bridge the gap between bat coronavirus and the earliest Wuhan strain. So, it may be an ancestral version of the virus. These samples also contain DNA from hamsters and monkeys, which suggests that the early virus may have been grown in animal cells. 
Viscount Ridley, who is the author of Viral, The Search for the Origin of COVID-19, said, The unique mutations hint at it being ancestral variant. So, if it was sequenced in, say, mid-December, before anyone had identified the virus in people and started trying to grow it in labs, then it points to secret samples in labs in 2019. Then he goes on to comment about the animal DNA discovered. He says, these are not from seals or penguins, but from African green monkeys and Chinese hamsters. Both species are source of commonly used laboratory cell lines. Hmm. So the Sangon biotech is frequently used by Chinese scientists for sequencing, including the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which some experts think is the most likely location for a leak. I can't believe this is even being questioned still. I mean, come on, we're two years into this and they're still trying to fucking blame a wet market. The exact date at which the DNA extraction took place is uncertain. Hmm. Makes you wonder why. However, researchers say that if it took place in December 2019, the virus could be the ancestor of the original Wuhan strain. If it was sequenced in early 2020, it may have been contaminated from experiments carried out by researchers trying to learn more about the emerging virus. Dr. Jesse Bloom, who's a virologist from Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center in Seattle, re-ran the data and confirmed that the Antarctic sample did contain COVID-19, which had three key mutations, which brought back coronaviruses closer to the first human Wuhan strain, which is called Wuhan-Hu-1. So right now, the closest natural relatives to COVID-19 have been found in bats. One such bat coronavirus named RATG13 was found in caves in Yunnan province in southwestern China, while several others named Banal 20 to 52 were discovered in Laos, which shares a border with Yunnan. Both areas were being studied by virus hunters, with samples sent to researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. I don't know, it, it just keeps adding more evidence to the fact that this is a lab leak. This is exactly where the virus came from. This is what Fauci has been trying to hide and Peter Daszak, they didn't want this information getting out. But it just keeps being confirmed over and over again. I think one of the earliest reports I ever read about was from Professor Luc Montagnier, who was a Nobel Prize winner, and he discovered the HIV virus. He was back in the day, back in February 2020, was one of the first people that said COVID-19 was man-made virus with sequences from HIV. And he was due to testify on a grand jury about the whole COVID-19 lab leak later this month. He died. So it's been reported that he died yesterday in France, and it's like no mainstream media is covering that because he was blacklisted. The second he started talking about, hey, this looks like a lab leak, this looks like this has been genetically engineered, and the media blacklisted him immediately. A Nobel Prize winner, the motherfucker that discovered HIV. So you think he would understand and recognize a virus that has been genetically engineered to have different points on it that are similar to the HIV virus. 
So in his point of view, Mr. Monsignor argued in 2020 that SARS-CoV-2, the virus that caused COVID-19, was man-made in a laboratory. He believed that the virus might have been a result of an attempt to create a vaccine for HIV or AIDS. Now, we're going to talk about HIV and AIDS because mainstream media is finally trying to get it out to everybody that suddenly there's a new HIV strain that's more virulent than ever, that more straight people are catching. And if you look at the data, this new HIV seems to be associated with the vaccine. Now, I covered this a few weeks ago. I think I already talked about this, and I talked about all the numbers from official UK data. Okay, this is not numbers we're just making up. This is from UK government reports, and it shows after the second booster, people's immune systems start to crash. And what Professor Luc Montagnier hypothesized is that people's immune systems after this booster we're not going to be able to fight off the COVID-19 virus and possibly no other virus in the future, basically decimating people's immune systems. He said the only thing we can do is incinerate the bodies. They're going to be contagious and there's going to be a mass calling of humans. I mean, just think of how many people have been vaccinated and how many people have had that booster. It's, it could get really fucking ugly. And I don't want this to happen. I don't want to see people suffer. I don't want to see people die. It's fucking terrible. What I want is for these people who started this madness and continued it and towed the line, I want them held responsible. They need to be held accountable. They need to answer for what they've done. And a few of the motherfuckers need to be hung. This whole pandemic has always been about money. People are now accusing Pfizer of pandemic profiteering because they made $37 billion in vaccine sales last year, and it's going to go even higher because they have the jab and they have the new COVID pills. So these people are profiting off everyone else's suffering, old drugs that could have been repurposed like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were suppressed. Let me just give everybody a little reminder about a mysterious incident in Taiwan from late December 2020. Nothing has been explained about the explosion of fire, but it destroyed the world's second largest pharmaceutical factory producing precursors for hydroxychloroquine. Does nobody think that is strange? Right as the pandemic is kicking off and a drug that was suppressed, lied about, and now studies are showing actually helps these people that are infected with COVID. This factory was just blown up and we have no answers still. Nobody is demanding an investigation. It just seems very fucking convenient. Another little convenient tidbit. This came out yesterday from Disclosed TV. Angelique Coetzee, the doctor who discovered the Omicron in South Africa, says she was reportedly pressured by European governments not to say the variant caused mostly mild symptoms. Hmm, shocker. We couldn't have, you know, the fear porn propaganda pumping out everywhere if the person who discovered this let the world know that this is just a super mild form of COVID. They got to keep everybody in fear, glued to their TVs, spending money, and eating junk food. And, you know, while they have you glued to your TVs, they're going to blame everything except the vaccines for all the sharp rise in heart problems. They're blaming 
paracetamol. They're blaming loneliness. They're blaming shoveling snow. They're blaming men who worry in middle age. They're blaming everything. They're blaming winter. They are saying it's everything except the vaccine. When at this point in the game, it's already been determined, the FDA admits this, that these vaccinations cause a sharp increase in the risk of myocarditis and other heart-related illnesses. But they still want to force this on your kids. It does kind of seem like the collapse of their whole narrative is imminent because now we've got 12 nations that are stopping COVID measures. The UK, Sweden, Switzerland, Denmark, Norway, Finland, Ireland, the Netherlands, Lithuania, and France have all announced they will lift COVID restrictions and open up their countries. Israel also announced last week they're abolishing the country's green pass, which, you know, aka the COVID vaccine passport. So Israel's abolishing it for restaurants, hotels, gyms, and theaters. So it does kind of seem like the whole narrative is collapsing. It just can't collapse soon enough for me. We have mainstream media admitting that those ridiculous lockdowns did basically next to nothing to stop the spread of COVID. You know, remember when we had the World Economic Forum and Reuters all fact-checking anyone that was saying that these lockdowns don't work? But now it's accepted fact. There's been a study by John Hopkins University that showed it literally did nothing. It didn't stop any spread of fucking anything. But check this out. Bill Gates wants to have a climate lockdown. Can somebody take care of this motherfucker already? Bill Gates just wants this shit to continue because he's profiting off the vaccinations. He profits off human suffering and fear. And now he wants to move the goalposts to climate lockdowns. Even though these lockdowns had catastrophic effects on children, on families, basically on everybody was affected in one way or another from the lockdowns. And Bill Gates just wants to continue this madness just because he knows he won't be locked down. He can just go jump in his little private jet and go wherever he wants. But normal people who lost their jobs, normal people whose kids were stuck in the house for two years, that whole thing was catastrophic. And not one person in the position of authority has apologized to the citizens for literally torturing them, for locking them down in their own homes, for making them lose their livelihoods and putting great stress upon people. No one has ever apologized or been held accountable. And I think that's unfortunately what we're going to continue to see as the rest of the narrative crumbles. No one will be held accountable. So months ago, I was telling you guys about basically like the National Guard hiring people to be guards in these quote-unquote quarantine camps. As of a couple of hours ago, a video appeared on YouTube and it's basically showing this motel in Kent, Washington. And this motel is being used for quarantine. There's a fence around it, you guys. There are guards manning the gates to a hotel. I'm sorry, motel, because it's super fucking seedy. And people cannot just leave if they want to leave. They are literally being held prisoner in this place. I believe it was like last week, a few days ago, basically. Someone who was in this quote-unquote quarantine motel left. They were sick of it, and they left. And everybody fucking freaked out. Like, all the county commissioners are like, the security's not working here. Well, that person did later on 
test negative for Kabobo, but it just shows you how quickly they can just snatch you up and put you in a camp right now. And nobody is protesting this. No one's saying this is so un-American to be locking up our own citizens in quarantine camps. And it's like these people are guilty until proven innocent. They're disease-ridden until proven healthy. And our system is not supposed to be like that. So, Kent, Washington, you motherfuckers need to start talking to your county commissioners and your sheriff in the area because you cannot allow your fellow citizens to be locked away in quarantine camps over the flu. These type of camps are just setting a precedent to allow our government to imprison us without trial, without any sort of due process. Check this out. As of February 7th, 2022, anyone who sows distrust in the U.S. government is being labeled a terrorist threat. Now, this bulletin was put out by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. And let me just read this to you real quick. It's a summary of terrorism threat to the U.S. homeland. The United States remains in a heightened threat environment fueled by several factors, including an online environment filled with false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories and other forms of misdirection, malinformation, mis, dis, and malinformation introduced and or amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. These threat actors seek to exasperate social frictions to sow discord and undermine public trust in the government institutions to encourage unrest, which could possibly inspire acts of violence. Mass casualty attacks and other acts of targeted violence conducted by lone offenders or small groups acting in furtherance of ideal ideological beliefs and or personal grievances pose an ongoing threat to the nation. While conditions underlying heightened threat landscape have not significantly changed over the last year, the convergence of the following factors has increased the volatility, unpredictability, and complexity of the threat environment. Number one, the proliferation of false or misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine the public trust in the U.S. government. Number two, continued calls for violence directed at U.S. critical infrastructure, soft targets, mass gatherings, faith-based institutions such as churches, synagogues, and mosques, institutions of higher learning, racial and religious minorities, government facilities, personnel, including law enforcement and the military, the media, and perceived ideological opponents, and three, caused by foreign terrorist organizations for attacks on the United States based on recent events. So basically, I'm sure I'm on a list, and all you motherfuckers that listen to me, I'm sure you guys are on a list. This is just opening the doors for the government to be able to get rid of anybody that disagrees with them. We are being labeled terrorists. They're saying, because we're conspiracy theorists, we're terrorists. It's like, no, motherfucker, we just want to call out your lies and take the control back that you have stolen from our lives. So basically, if you're not towing the line and completely buying into their narrative, you're going to be on a list. 
And check this out. There has been a strange ass red truck in front of my house, which, you know, whatever, there's a truck, whatever. But check this out. I was leaving the other day and I happened to notice a truck because I had seen this truck before with some guy sitting in it. As soon as I looked over there, I saw this guy duck, like duck down out of view. I'm like, what the fuck? And it made me like stop my truck. So I'm sitting there like debating if I should go confront this guy or try to get his license plate or something. And all of a sudden he starts like pulling out hella fast and he speeds by me. He's looking away from me, just completely trying to evade any contact with me. So of course I got pictures. I got a picture of him, the truck and the license plate. But if I see this motherfucker again, we're going to have some words because I do not appreciate being spied on. I'm not a terrorist. As a matter of fact, I love my country and I love the citizens of America. What I don't love is a government that is overstepping its power, stealing from the American people and diverting our tax money to ridiculous programs like handing out crack pipes. Now, I'll be the first to say I'm all about harm reduction with drug users, but giving people fucking crack pipes, how is that reducing any type of harm? Just this fucking whole Biden administration just has everything so ass backwards that it makes it for a very easy argument to say they're specifically trying to destroy our country, the Western way of life. And it's, it's not going to happen. We're not going to go down quietly. The Canadian truckers and everybody else that are now joining in the freedom convoys, that is just the tip of the iceberg. We are not going to allow the government to keep stealing our money, stealing our rights, and throwing our fellow citizens into concentration camps. I think there's like certain pockets of states and politicians that realize that people are not going to go keep going along with their bullshit because as of right now, the Nevada governor has ended mask mandates and it's effective immediately. And that's including in schools. California, Daddy Newsom, is ending mask mandates for the vaccinated on the 15th. I mean, seriously, I've worn the mask twice since they reinstated mask mandates. And that was because I had to go into a hospital and I didn't even want to do it then. It's like these fucking surgical masks aren't doing anything. And I'm so sick of the medical theater. It's like if somebody wants to wear a mask, fine, do it. Get down with your bad self. But don't force your paranoid delusions on me. So I think at this point in the pandemic, most people have heard of the World Economic Forum's little plan called the Great Reset. I found some really interesting information from a Twitter user called Thread Irish, who has actually been suspended and banned from Twitter. So today when I was like trying to find those old tweets, I actually came across an article on Medium.com. And it's called A Summary. Why are the World Economic Forum and Rockefeller Foundation so intent on implementing a digital ID, digital currency, and social credit score? So let's just kind of go over that. I know I've totally explained the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab. I've talked about that numerous times. But now I'm going to kind of go into greater detail on why this organization wants digital ID, digital currency, and a social credit system. So the World Economic Forum has written a total of seven documents pertaining to digital currencies. And they're all on their website. You can go there and find them in PDF form. Some of the documents discuss in Klaus Schwab's book, The Great Reset, 
and that was released early 2020. I've told you guys about it a couple of times. They used the name Great Reset for their 50th annual meeting of the World Economic Forum, which centers around reimagining and rebuilding society and the economy post-COVID-19. The conference was attended by world leaders, big business, CEOs, bankers, and other high-ranking political figures. All of these people think they need to start shaping and dictating how the world and economy should be going forward. The members of the World Economic Forum are 1,000 corporations with over $5 billion in sales, politicians, media heads, scientists, and other personnel. Now, I'm about to give you guys a list of these people, politicians, CEOs who have been groomed and indoctrinated by the Young Global Leaders Organization. We have Jacinda Ardern, who's a New Zealand Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, Canadian Prime Minister, Emmanuel Macron, French Prime Minister, Bill Gates and Marissa Mayer, she's of Yahoo, Sergey Brin of Google, Mark Zuckerberg, who we all fucking know, Mark Zuckerberg, lizard boy himself, Anderson Cooper of CNN, Jeffrey Zients, who's the U.S. White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator, Stefan Bensel, who is the CEO of Moderna, Jeremy Howard, who is the founder of the influential lobby group Masks for All, Liana Wynn, who is the zero COVID CNN medical analysis. We got Daddy Newsom, who, if you guys don't know, is the governor of California. We have Debbie Sridhar, who's the British Zero COVID professor. Greg Hunt, who is the Australian health minister and former World Economic Forum strategy director. We have Austrian Chancellor Sebastian Kurz, German Chancellor Angela Merkel, German health minister Jan Spahn, and former British Prime Minister Tony Blair. Now, that's like a list of people who are basically in charge of the most powerful countries in the world, all of them belonging to this little world economic forum club, the Young Global Leaders. So keep that list of people in mind because we're going to go back to the digital IDs now. So in 2016, the organization called ID 2020 was created. This is back in 2016. Hmm. But doing digital ID right means protecting civil liberties and putting control over personal data back where it belongs, in the hands of the individual. And you can find that statement on ID2020.org. So let's get to some really interesting aspects of ID2020 so you know who their whole alliance is. I've told you about these guys before. It's just a little refresher. We have Gabby, the Vaccine Alliance who, if you dig a little bit deeper, is really just a shell corporation for Bill Gates. We have Microsoft. We have the Rockefeller Foundation and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So at this point, it's pretty easy to tie the Gavi Foundation, who are the Vaccine Alliance organization, together with the digital ID company. Think vaccine passports that are on people's phones. The Rockefeller Foundation are also involved with another foundation, which is a COVID passport for travel. The Commons Project. But check this out. The Commons Project website was registered in 2018, two years or a year and a half, however you want to look at it, before Kabobo kicked off. 
On their website, they state, we believe that everyone should enjoy the full benefit of technology and data while maintaining control over their digital lives. We believe that communities are stronger when data is open and can be shared for the benefit at all. Jesus H, it's fucking just, it keeps going. It's going to get worse, so fucking put your seatbelt on. So the Commons Project, the World Economic Forum, and the Rockefeller Foundation all met together on July 9th, 2020. So on the Commons Project website, they wrote, On July 9th, the Commons Project, the World Economic Forum, and the Rockefeller Foundation convened more than 350 public and private sector leaders from 52 countries to come together to design a common framework for safe border reopening. Let's fast forward a bit to August 27th, 2021. The digital documentation of COVID-19 certificates was launched by the World Health Organization, who, by the way, is a World Economic Forum member, and those documents were funded by Bill and the Melinda Gates Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundation. Hmm, okay. The WHO, Rockefeller Foundation, and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation were also present at the now infamous Event 201 in October 2019. I'm sure you guys all know what Event 201 is. If you don't, look it up because it is extremely important and will kind of give you some perspective on the entire pandemic. So according to a 2010 Rockefeller published document, Scenarios for the Future Technology and International Development, where they laid out a scenario called Lockstep that spoke of biometric IDs. One of the goals of these IDs is surveillance. They use this technology mentioned in the document quote, shaped by government's dual desire to control and monitor their citizens. That just sounds all bad right from the get-go. But check this out, it gets a little bit worse. At first, the notion of a more controlled world gained wide acceptance and approval. Citizens willingly gave up some of their sovereignty and their privacy to more paternalistic states in exchange for greater safety and stability. Citizens were more tolerant, even eager for top-down direction and oversight, and national leaders had more latitude to impose order in the ways they saw fit. In developed countries, this heightened oversight took many forms. Biometric IDs for all citizens, for example, and even digital currency. When China leads us into the central bank digital currency, which I'll refer to as CBDC. So right now, this current system we have, which is basically fiat currency, ever since we took away the gold standard in 1971, has basically kind of been crushing our economy. The purchasing power of the U.S. dollar has been eroded substantially since the gold standard was removed. Now, compound that with the Federal Reserve policies since the quote-unquote global financial crisis and the dollar basically is at risk of collapsing right now. And that's not just like alarmist talking. Speak to any economist that's being truthful and they say that's exactly where we're heading. But our money, the greatest quality is its privacy. You can go out and spend $100 and nobody's gonna know it's you, it's cash, it's untraceable. Now, if you get the central bank digital currency, all of that privacy is gone. And the digital IDs are necessary to implement the CBDC, which can just all be tied together in a digital wallet. This whole digital ID system can be tied to your funds, healthcare, travel, food, carbon usage, and as they've already started in China, a social credit system. 
The vaccine passports are the precursor to this system and how it'll all be implemented against us. Complete control of citizenry on what they can and cannot do. And you guys, this isn't just some crazy far out conspiracy theory. On October 19th, 2020, the IMF, International Monetary Fund, hosted a Zoom meeting with Kristalina Georgia Griba, MD of the IMF, and August Karsten, GM of the Bank of International Settlements. And they're all members of the World Economic Forum. This call was titled Cross-Border Payment, A Vision for the Future. The most concerning part of the call was when Karstens was speaking at 24 minutes and 37 seconds. And I will quote her. For example, in cash, we don't know who's using a $100 bill today or who's using a 1,000 peso bill. The key difference with the CBDC is that the central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that expression of the central bank liability and also we have the technology to enforce it so if that doesn't scare the fuck out of you guys you're not paying attention the aforementioned central bank liability they speak of is your money and they want complete control over every transaction a person makes so this is where we're heading if we do not stop these psychopaths ruling us right now The mechanics of implementation of the system are so huge that it's hard to even fathom. But what you need to know is that all major banks are on board. Thanks to the cooperation of the World Economic Forum, Barclays, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Banco Santander, Deutsche Bank, and there's practically no major bank missing from the list. The Rothschild family has interests in most banks. So we're just handing over our privacy and sovereignty to fucking central bankers. So let's fast forward a bit to October 18th, 2021. Boris Johnson invited 20 of the most powerful people on the planet, along with Bill Gates, to a little meeting. The infamous meeting where no one was following coronavirus guidelines. Um, It's actually just recently been exposed in the British media and people are losing their shit. But anyway, most of the attendees were bankers and digital currencies were undoubtedly discussed. At least eight in attendance were World Economic Forum members, as were the companies they work for. So once this whole digital ID system is rolled out, it's very simple to tie it to a multitude of other things. Let's get back to China, where it's already in place. It tracks what you buy, how you behave, and gives you a score. A good social credit score means you could get rewarded with perks like cheap loans, travel deals, better access to services. But on the other hand, a bad score can mean public shame, blocking access, restricting travel, and much worse. They can literally shut your life down with a click of a button. Different types of trials of the same mechanism are taking place in Dublin, Ireland, and undoubtedly will start to take shape in other cities and gradually roll out to the entire world. So they're just kind of like slowly conditioning everyone to accept like a mass surveillance state. Digital IDs are not a good idea. Social credit is a horrible idea. And that's where the World Economic Forum is trying to lead everyone. The World Economic Forum, who I've told you about many, many times, has their grubby little fingers in the politics of every single country. 
and they're trying to get people to accept this digital world where people's everything is all tied in one little app. And just think how much easier it'll be for the government to destroy your life if you have everything tied together in a digital ID. Now, I know I've talked about the World Economic Forum and digital IDs and social credit hella times, but the reason I'm talking about it so much is because I think this is going to be the greatest threat to humanity as we know it. They're trying to dictate a path for us to go down to where they can literally control every aspect of our lives. And we cannot allow that to happen because there's megalomaniacs at the helm right now. I don't understand why like no major media. Well, I guess I do. They're all fucking paid for by these organizations. I don't understand why like a popular journalist that, you know, has a huge platform. Why aren't they trying to spread the word about the World Economic Forum? This is not some crazy conspiracy theory. All the information is out there and anybody can access it. All you have to do is connect the dots. So like I said at the beginning of the whole rundown of this situation, I got a lot of the info from a Medium article written by Daniel Israel and a banned and censored Twitter user at Thread Irish. So all of this stuff is on the internet. Anybody can go read it. I also have copies and links to all the documents I've talked about. So if you want any of this information so you can see it for yourself, send me an email at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com or hit me up on the new Instagram page. It's simply Vanished Athena or go over to Reddit and search user Athena7979. I have my own sub over there and it's super easy to get me on Reddit. But you guys, it can't just be me and small little pockets connecting these dots. Everybody needs to open their eyes because they're literally doing this subversive, undercover takeover of the way we live. And we cannot allow it to happen. Guys, that's about it for this week. I still have a couple more people I need to get a hold of to get their address so I can ship them out my little token of appreciation for being there since the start of Vanished in the Valley. We just passed our two-year mark, and I'm just happy everybody loves the show and hits me up, sends me ideas, and all that fun stuff. So I should be getting these special little dealimabobs in the mail today. So in the next few days, I'm going to be shipping them out to people. So when you get them, take a picture and send it to me, and I'll post it up on the Instagram and the Vanished in the Valley sub. But again, I want to thank everybody for downloading and listening. And Texas, what's up? You guys came out of nowhere and took back the lead from California and Oklahoma. So thank you so much for listening. And as I always tell you, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao. 